this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about a boogie woogie and I'm going to play one. I'm Steve Vincent. I'm Paul Schultz. And this is the Don't Panic Radio Show. Sit back, relax, and ignore the news. Nothing you're about to hear is true. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Episode 199. There may be a 199 and a half. 199.1, 199.2. Yeah, why not? Microsoft can <laughs> get away with it. We can get away with it. All right. So during my recent uh, episode of Being a Bachelor, mm-hmm. which we recorded whilst I was being a bachelor, mm-hmm. which is why I had time to watch The Wild Bunch, which we <laughs> talked about extensively yeah. in the last episode. 198. Go back and listen to it. It's a good one. Um, the other thing I did one day is, since I was all by my lonesome, and I kind of like going to the movies by myself sometimes, mm-hmm. I went to the movies by myself. Look at you. <laughs> did you get, like, the big bucket of popcorn, you know? And Oh, yeah. Giant. <laughs> no one's here to say, you a- can't eat that whole thing. <laughs> Watch me. Challenge accepted. Yep, I got the giant bucket, and it was um, refills, fifty cents, mm-hmm. and so and free refills on soda. There you go. I did go to the bathroom, so um, <laughs> I may have missed part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the bathroom. I got the refill, and I could not. I did not finish the refill. I brought it home, put it in Tupperware. This is the nerdiest <laughs> thing ever. I brought it home. It was two good size Tupperware uh, buckets. <laughs> and I put that in the fridge because I thought, well, what do you do? I mean, do you put popcorn in the fridge? Well, it does have that fake butter stuff all over it. I didn't want that spoiling. <laughs> anyway, I saw Endgame. <laughs> Long story short, he saw Endgame. <laughs> so I'm about to spoil this movie for all y'all. <laughs> well, being as so they're you- in its second incarnation of theaters now, I think the if anything gets spoiled it's on the listener yeah if you haven't seen endgame um i'm not gonna call it you know what there needs to be another word because i have always had this feeling about spoilers mm-hmm. and i am not as concerned about spoilers as most people and it, as is as has become clear on this show <laughs> right <laughs> My feeling about spoilers has only been reinforced and strengthened <laughs> over the past several months as I've been thinking more about it. And this movie, I knew, like, within the first day of it coming out, of Endgame, come, Endgame coming out, mm-hmm. people are already talking about who died. Like, not who died, but that somebody died, mm-hmm. right, at the end. And, oh, you know, the spoilers, the major endgame spoiler is like who dies at the end, right? Well, because I don't ignore social media and because I can deduce two and two, you know, it's pretty easy to guess things. 
So I was able to guess who dies mm-hmm. at the end. So I knew going in that this this character would die. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it till the end. Right. Um, and guess what? Hmm. My enjoyment of the movie was not reduced. No. Even a little bit. Well, here's the thing. Hmm. I asked my family this weekend. I was like, uh, people who have seen the movie, people who haven't seen the movie, whatever. Like, let's say that character did not die. Would that have made it a bad movie? Would it have changed the movie at all? Let's say going into it, you knew or didn't know, right? Does that change your enjoyment of the movie? So while I think it's a real asshole move to spoil things for people on purpose. Yeah. um, Without warning. I also think that it doesn't necessarily. So a real spoiler would have been like, um, you know, I'm reading I'm reading a science fiction book now about this. And it's a series like it's a 10 book series or something about people. um, It's about space travel and stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you found out whether or not the a particular thing or a mission or whatever was successful and exactly how it was successful and what it took in order to accomplish that mission. Yeah, that would kind of spoil it because you'd be like part of the fun of the book is the suspense of are they going to be successful or not, right? Right. But if it's like this character dies or that character dies, it's like, who cares? <laughs> it's still going to be a good book. Anyway, having said that, um, there will be spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so if you intend on seeing Endgame, uh, you, you might want to skip this episode and come back later. We'll wait. So first of all, uh, my first, what I did is I got home from seeing the movie and mm-hmm. I sat down and I started typing. Mm. Now, one of the things I absolutely loved, everybody knows my love for the Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp. Yeah. I haven't seen the original, but the first, the second one was great. Yeah. I don't need to see the original. Ant-Man is now my new favorite character. Yeah. I just love Ant-Man. I love size changing characters. I love Paul Rudd too. He's yeah, funny. Yeah, and he's really like, he—he's now he's everywhere. It's like, you know, here's a guy who was making movies that you know were kind of you know most, some people saw, then he gets in the MCU and now he's everywhere. And the way they brought him back into the movie was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it made it. It's one of those things where you go, do you have to see the earlier movies? Do you have to see them in order? Well, no, you don't have to, but if you do, it enhances your enjoyment. Because having seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and knowing how it ended and then seeing that van like in a you know, dust covered in a parking garage yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And then him like come flying out of it. I was just like. The beauty of the old the old Marvel comics like from the 60s, 70s and 80s was you didn't have to read 300 issues of something to find out who the hell Ant-Man was. For instance, every Every comic caught you up to date with dialogue and flashbacks and stuff if a character, you know, pops up out of nowhere. And the movies kind of do that. You can watch you can watch some of them without having watched all of them. Like you could watch the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and not really miss anything if you hadn't seen the other movies. So they're kind of carrying over into the movies with that. Yeah, I like I like the in the in the comics which I've been I've been reading. You've been getting me to read some of them lately, <laughs> which is good. That's a good thing. And you've, you're directing me on which ones to read. That's you're not welcome. exactly a spoiler, but maybe a foreshadow. Yeah, that's something we need to discuss, the difference between foreshadow, spoiler, and surprise endings. <laughs> that's actually a great point. And maybe that's a whole episode in and of itself. 
Man, maybe that's been my problem. Is everybody's been calling everything a spoiler? Spoiler <laughs> like, has jumped the shark. A, a surprise ending is a different thing than a spoiler. Spoilers used to be something you would yell out before you said anything, and then spoiler became the noun of the thing that you would ruin. It's it's one of those words that got said so much it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yes. So these are random thoughts, by the way, in no particular order. <laughs> I just want to say, bringing back. Um, Jeff Bridges slash, you know, the dude as Thor was hilarious. Because, <laughs> you know, Jeff Bridges played Howard Stark in the first Iron Man, right? <laughs> Which was kind of the first big MCU movie, right? Well, so bringing him back to play Thor in the end of this phase was pretty funny, I thought. Oh, man, there's so much wrong with that statement. I can't even go into it. <laughs> No, it was funny because I remember seeing uh, seeing a meme built around Thor sitting there, you know, with his gut hanging out in right. his dressing gown or whatever. <laughs> and I thought, is that the dude? That looks like the dude. Is that the dude? And then during the movie, I was like, that is the dude. That is exactly like the dude. Well, I, I sent you the picture and I'm like, dude, my, Michael's an in-game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought you had photoshopped his face on no. something else. <laughs> I w- it was one of those things that every time it happened, I was I was laughing so hard I was crying every time he came on the camera. Okay, so ran- random stuff. So I I'm pretty attached to Iron Man and Ant Man. Mm-hmm. I mean Iron Man just because those are great movies. Yeah, at least the first one and the second one were great. Third one I thought was was pretty good too. Ant Man, even though I've seen only seen one of his movies, yeah, I'm really liking him now. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me that as as much as I'm attached to those guys, I would imagine comic book people and Marvel Cinematic Universe people are attached to all the characters, right? They have some attachment to all of them. So I can only imagine how awesome Endgame was for like true fans who had a real attachment to all the men and the women and the raccoon, <laughs> like to all of them. And the trees. And, the- and, and, and I mean, it just... It hit me. I was like, oh, I mean, this is... And the way that they handled... The reason the movie had to be so long. Now, normally I complain when movies are too long. But I think this one kind of had to be as long as it was because they provided a lot of scenes that I think were specifically meant for true fans. Mm-hmm. And it and it <laughs> hit those of us who are not, you know, as into it as some. <laughs> it helped... I mean, it was good for us, too. And I'll mm-hmm. describe how in a minute. But I just I wanted to throw that out there in case you had any comments about your connection to the characters or anything like that. No, my connections have been well established. I'm, I'm curious what you have to say. No sense making this a conversation or anything. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, I'm, I'm just waiting to see where you're going with this because, you know, <laughs> this is the show where you say stuff and I, and I react to it. So A couple of things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. We might as well cover... Some things I did not like. Okay. Um, too much action. <laughs> like, too much. I couldn't keep up with everything. Mm. Like, that was almost... Like, during the during the intense action scenes, mm-hmm. it was almost too much, too fast, too dark. I couldn't really keep up with what was going on exactly. Right? The, the darkness is something that I had a problem with because, really, the darkness was in there. It was a way to cut down on the cost of the cgi because when you darken oh. things up yeah with that much movement going on 
they do, they they brought the you know the darkness in and it makes it easier to animate. They don't have to be as detailed. Yeah, it's kind of a cheat. Having said that, <laughs> I loved when um, toward the end when Gerard Butler was running away from the Hellhounds in that tunnel. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> The only thing that would have made that better is uh, Morgan Freeman as the vice president, like <laughs> talking to him in his ear. Was that Jeremy Renner? Who was that? Yeah, Jeremy Renner. Um, you know what else I thought was awesome was the Thanos versus pretty much anybody fights. <laughs> yeah. It's, especially the Thanos versus Captain America fight, I mm. thought, was awesome. Yeah. Like, well choreographed, like, had the right amount of suspense and, like, Yep. Could go either way kind of stuff in it. I just thought it was great. I loved the part where it's just Cap and Thanos, and Thanos' army is coming over the hill, and Cap's like, well, I guess we're doing this, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. You know what was funny? Hmm. Is the uh, when they go visit... Uh, and I, I'm going to say visit on purpose when they go to visit Thanos. <laughs> when he, you know, and they do the the whole deal where he's walking through his garden, picking onions or whatever he was yeah, picking. Yeah, space and, onions. You know, make cooking them, everything. Like, I was like, is this is this Shrek? Have I walked into <laughs> it's Shrek like on accident? Suddenly, Smash Mouth <laughs> is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I know why they did it. I mean, they. We're supposed to feel something for Thanos. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because basically, what was he doing? He was trying to prevent slash reverse global warming mm-hmm. on like 10,000 planets. Right? <laughs> Se- essentially, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, there he was in nature with his own little garden of, uh, of space onions or space eggplant or whatever that was. And you know, just trying to live his life in peace after having saved, yeah, half the you know most of the universe. Because all all megalomaniacs don't know they're actually evil. So he was he was done. He's fine. He's like, <laughs> this is me now. You know, I did my job, and now I'm set out to do. And now I'm gonna pick space onions. That thought. I'm, I know I'm not the only one to have that thought, or nor am I the first. <laughs> um, the writers actually reinforced it when they're. Like talking about seeing beluga whales in the, you know, San Francisco mm-hmm. Bay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, hey, the whales are back. Isn't this great? You know? The idea was good. The 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 delivery was seriously flawed. Well, only if you happen to be either, ha- you know, that half of the universe that was killed or if you knew someone <laughs> in that half of the universe that was killed. I mean, only if you fall into one of those two categories. <laughs> right? Those are two pretty big categories. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many, like... Like, what if there were only two beluga whales, and you know, male and a female, and, like, one of them died? They're like, well, shit. Now we can't get the beluga whales back. Um, okay, so here's here's an interesting thought. You mentioned Cap in Thanos fighting, and then Thanos' army comes over the hill, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know if you noticed this, but the Game of Thrones Battle of Winterfell, which is one of the last episodes, I guess, of Games of Thrones, there's this huge battle. Um completely picked apart by military history nerds and i loved it i, I love that they were picking it yeah. apart right um because and i think the reason they did that is because it was a medieval type battle yes it had dragons you know and 
zombies and you know, you know there was mystical stuff but it had your basic elements ca- you know castle swords arrows trebuchets you know that kind of thing and so military history nerds are like well if that's the basic set piece battle that you're going to have that's not how smart generals would have fought it mm-hmm. right well, the end game battle was fought pretty weird too. It was um, both sides. So, so the way that the end game, that final battle was fought, was sort of like barbarians fought before they learned like Roman tactics. Right. Whole bunch of strong, you know, big egoed people mm-hmm. that get all crazed and run at each other. And then there's just a bunch of individual fights, right? And people taunt each other. They throw things at each yeah, other, like Braveheart. You know. Yeah. Even like the air power on both sides. So so you have air power, you have artillery. I mean, if you look at the various superpowers that the evil side had and the good side mm-hmm. had, they had the equivalent of air power. They had the equivalent of artillery. Um, they had, of course, massed infantry, which we talked a little bit about last mm-hmm. week, I believe. Um, but they didn't use it like in, the, in a modern way. And, and so I was, I was wondering what would have happened if one side said, no, we're going to use modern uh, <laughs> military basic tactics and maneuvers. So we'll use the air power properly to try to gain air superiority first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then use mass, you know, you don't use massed formations of infantry because each size has really accurate and deadly artillery and machine gun type weapons. Right. Right. So having a massed infantry charge at the other side, not super smart. But, um, you know, both sides were intent on the mass charge. So it seemed like if one side had just taken a defensive posture, like dig in, take cover, tactical withdraws, uh, go to better defensible positions, seems like they would have won easily instead of depending on each uh, superhero winning their individual fight. That having been said, would have been a terrible movie scene. <laughs> it would have been that that would have been a movie by itself. It would have been like the battle of five armies and some shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, you know, if Captain America had been like, withdraw to that high ground over there. Yeah. Like and then they all like dig in. <laughs> He's like, I learned in World War One when I was Captain America back then <laughs> not to fight like this. Well, maybe that's what happened. Like he went to sleep. In World War One, right? Was in yeah, two? World War Two. Oh, yeah. two. So he had no excuse. He's a soldier. He's supposed to know how this stuff works. Come on, Cap. Well, I, uh, but yeah, the whole that, the whole point of it was basically just to have, just have everybody show up and have a wall of superheroes to show just how many characters they have. You know, it was it was really a, it was a poster moment. It was a poster moment and a, an adrenaline yeah. moment. I mean, it's like. Here we go. Look at this. Because I, I saw a video in like Scotland or something. I don't know where it was exactly, but in some pub, and they had, they had, they were playing Infinity uh, Endgame on the big screen, and when that scene shows up, and <laughs> Cap Cap goes, Avengers assemble the the fucking crowd goes nuts because that's what that's what we wanted. We didn't want. Retreat to a defensible position and take, you know, all that stuff. We yeah. just wanted an ass kicking is what we wanted. This one's for the military history nerds. <laughs> That's right. All right. Now we get to the part where I'm going to reveal the, the big spoiler part. So spoiler alert. This is, might want to skip to the end. 
I promise you, if you skip to like maybe like two minutes before the end, <laughs> you won't hear the spoiler. But if you haven't seen this goddamn movie by now, Jesus Christ, people, yeah. get out there. Even I've seen it. Yeah, that's right. And you only go to the movies twice <laughs> yeah. a year. All right. So at some point during the big battle scene in the end, uh, of course, Iron Man's fighting Thanos and something goes wrong and Iron Man gets the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> right? And of course he can't just die. It can't just be like, crush. Oh, well, guess he's dead. <laughs> he's got to get sick. He's got to do the whole. <coughs> <coughs> and somehow Money Penny shows up. I don't even know how that happened. Like, how does that? Like, she just was she just standing on the sidelines, like waiting? What? What's her name? It's not Money Penny. What's her name? Pepper. D- Lois no. Lane. Pepper Potts. Yeah. Pepper. Yeah. Pepper Potts. That's right. Pepper Potts. Somehow Gwyneth Paltrow is just standing on the sidelines like, he might die, so I better be here so they can get me to him and so I can be with him when he dies. Anyway, all seriousness aside, um, it was pretty incredible how they did mm-hmm. it because I knew. I knew. I had guessed it. Yeah. Right? Um, and some asshole kid at, at my daughter's school uh, looked up endgame spoilers online and just started bl- blurting them out mm-hmm. in class. Fucker got suspended. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and he's like, "What? I didn't know. I didn't know it was so serious." And they were like, "No, this is serious." <laughs> I, I read an article where some guy in a in a, like a Hong Kong theater or something came out and just started yelling off spoilers and got his ass beat. <laughs> so, it's like the last thing you want to do go. is get your ass beat in a country where everybody knows kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so even though I knew it, I it was it was done to pull tears out of the tear ducts of grown men Mm -hmm. is the way that's how they did it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just brilliant the way they did it. Yeah. The way that they brought in pepper pots. I know I made fun of it a little bit, but the way they brought her out, the tie in with the way this whole thing started. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To say, okay, it all, I don't even think they knew when they made the first Iron Man. It's not like they said, Oh, we're going to make 500 of these movies. And, Ten years from now, this is how it's going to end. No, it, but, it wasn't until the first Avengers movie came out that they realized they they had to do some kind of major event. So they were still testing the waters with Iron Man. Yeah, and it, and it was a great movie on its own. They could have just made Iron Man, mm-hmm. you know, and then gone off and continued to do whatever, mm-hmm. and everything would have been fine. Everybody would have said, "Wasn't Iron Man great?" Mm-hmm. And but the fact that it kind of now retrospectively, at least, you can look back and say that kind of started this whole thing yeah um and then to wrap it up with plus i mean let's face it uh robert downey jr ain't getting any younger nope even (laughs) yeah even he knows it (laughs) yeah so it's not like he could keep being iron man for 10 years i just watched uh zodiac with my daughter the other day because you know teenagers are obsessed with serial killers and that was pre-iron man robert downey jr and he was he looked like a baby in that thing by comparison to now. Yeah, so he he couldn't he couldn't keep being Iron Man for ten years, and God forbid they would do to Iron Man what they've done to Spider Man <laughs> and bring in like a super young. Well, we can talk about that some other time. I'm sorry, I'm gonna need to see if another you know the Spider Verse movie, which I just saw mm-hmm. the other day on Netflix or whatever. Yeah, Amazon Prime. I don't know what it's on. It's, it's, on, on, it's on Netflix anyway. I watched it with the kids who they loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and 
we could do a whole episode on it because there was a lot of stuff that I should not have liked about it. I don't like super young superheroes. And so the Spider-Man in Endgame in the and probably Infinity War and this the recent Spider-Man yeah. men men too young for me. It reminds me too much of Luke Skywalker. But oh, there you go. <laughs> it's like Iron Man. Oh, I look up to you. It's like you're supposed to be a superhero. Well, yeah, except he's supposed he's supposed to be 15 years old, not 30, like Tobey Maguire. I don't care how old he's supposed to be. I want him to be the age I want him to be. <laughs> but, but having seen that Spider Verse movie, mm-hmm. we should maybe we, maybe that'll be 199.1 because there was a lot about that movie that changed my mind about like superheroes and spider-man and stuff yeah it was definitely a game changer oh oh the other thing about um iron man dying that they did those motherfuckers <laughs> bringing in the daughter who's about the same age as anybody's daughter. yeah i don't care how old your daughter is your daughter's about that age every <laughs> every dad our age sitting in the theater has a daughter that age <laughs> right even if even if she's not yeah right that's the age you when you think about yeah because when your daughter is that age, you are the most, first of all, you're the most brilliant person on earth. Yep. You're the strongest. You hung the moon. You can do anything. Yep. You are a superhero when your daughter is that age. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Well, okay. Yeah, I do care who you are because some dads just aren't. Yeah. <laughs> but the, those of us who are like us, like that's the age we think about when we think about our daughters, yep. right? And for them to do that to us. They must hate us <laughs> because when he died and thinking about that daughter mm-hmm. uh, and bringing out uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad with Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, Gwyneth Paltrow is not as young as she was 10 or 20 years ago. She's about 10 or 20 years older than she was <laughs> and still looks really good. Yeah. Still beautiful. Um, but they didn't do anything to try to like say, oh, she's really young. No, she's as old as she is, right? Mm-hmm. And just you get this feeling like, oh, they've been through so much together and they they found happiness together. And all he wanted was not to ruin that. And he sacrificed himself to, you know, so that everybody else could have a chance, mm-hmm. right? All right. Having said that, I still hate the creators of this movie <laughs> for doing this to me. <laughs> Um, so during, from the, like, from the moment he dies, they go through the funeral scene, right? Mm -hmm. Which is awesome the way they did that because, you know, they're showing each character. Like, (laughs) I was like, wow, if I had, like, I was starting, I was like having an out of body experience because I was like, (laughs) if like my good friend, Paul, I had been following these movies the whole time and like watched everyone and looked forward to each and every one, went to see it with my kids during that scene, I'd be like, Oh Jesus. I'd be like a black woman at a funeral. (laughs) I'd be like, Oh, help me Jesus. Oh Jesus. Jesus. Help me Jesus. I'd be falling down in the aisle. Mm -hmm. You'll have to be picking me back up. Right. As it is, Mm -hmm. I was emotional. I'm an emotional man. You know that. Mm -hmm. And I was emotional. And I was by myself, and I didn't know anybody in that theater. <laughs> Yet, I was practicing controlled breathing, right? Like, I've been learning about breathing and, like, like how to control yourself through breathing. And I was doing that. I was doing controlled 
it's called square breathing, like where you breathe in for four counts, you hold it for four counts, you breathe out for four counts, yeah. hold that for four counts, and then back in. I was doing that to try to keep my shit together. <laughs> and then during one of these, like like as I was doing the breath hold at the top end of the cycle, um, I had one of those little popcorn kernel skin things, you know, the little skin piece kind of got caught in my throat. <laughs> I had to cough. And I let out the breath, and I, and I coughed a little. And it went something like, <clears throat> and it was like a little too loud. <laughs> and I was like, shit. Yeah. Like everybody, like, who's that giant dude down in the front row in the middle? <laughs> fucking suddenly ugly crying loud right in the middle of the theater by himself with this giant thing of popcorn. I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I was like, man, I got to get control of my emotions right here. I'm a big man, not supposed to be crying, but I was I was done being who I was supposed to be. I just started being who I am, right? I let the tears flow, wiped them with my movie theater, popcorn butter, greasy napkins, said, fuck it. None of these people know me anyway, right? That's right. <laughs> so I'm already emotionally raw, right? I'm a little bit vulnerable at this moment in time, right? Although there wasn't, I did laugh a little bit when they showed Nick Fury, and I thought, how much did Sam Jackson get paid just to walk out with that eye patch and a suit out onto that porch yeah. at this funeral? I was like, I bet he got paid a lot. Like, he made more per minute than anybody else in that movie at that point. He's in literally every single movie, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so I'm already feeling a little bit vulnerable, a little bit raw, right? And then they go to the Captain America thing. And I knew, mm-hmm. I kind of knew, I kind of knew what was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And they show old Captain America, and I was like, that's it. I'm I'm sorry, Noblesville. Men cry sometimes, okay? <laughs> big men, big giant men by themselves with their cardboard bathtub full of popcorn <laughs> cry sometimes. It takes a big man to cry. <clears throat> the bigger they are, the harder they cry, and apparently they cry out loud <laughs> at the top end of their breathing cycle. By the way, I don't know why this emotionally this gets to me, um, but when whenever a movie has an old man wearing the old man starter jacket, you know the. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the same jacket that old Matt Damon was wearing at the beginning of Private Ryan. Right? <laughs> I think you may be right. <laughs> it's the same one. It was the same jacket. I think it seems appropriate. It's like a flash forward, flash back sort of. That's the jacket old men wear. My dad has a jacket like that, and he's getting up there in years. And I'm like, I don't know how much longer I'll have my dad, but he wears that jacket. And and it's always... There, there, there's really only one. They just keep passing it around. Passing the old man jacket around. And it's always a little bit askew. It's not, he's not wearing it quite right. It's a little off. <laughs> a little bit, you know. <laughs> and it's got the... the, the uh, the snap thing that nobody ever snaps on it. Yeah. <laughs> but that was pretty emotional, too. I mean, old man, mm-hmm. old cap, old Captain America, giving his Captain America shield to the to the new guy, who I guess is probably now mm-hmm. going to be the new Captain America. Most likely. Man, Republicans are going to lose their shit, though, because he's black. <laughs> we, we, we had a lengthy conversation about that on the way home from the theater. <laughs> And the beauty of it is they'll be they'll they'll be oblivious to the fact that that's already happened in the comics. It's like it's not news to us; it's news to them. But 
I think the new. So if they have a new Iron Man, I know they already got. Um, does he even have a name? The Army guy who, or the Air Force guy who, you know, Captain America's black side, Don Cheadle. What's the, what's the character he plays? Um, oh, that's War Machine. War Machine is that what they call him? Like so. That's that's uh, Tony Stark's buddy. Yeah, yeah. So now is there going to yeah. be a new Iron Man? Like if there is, I think it should be transgender person. Like maybe even a man or a woman who used to be a man. I think that would be a good Iron Man. <laughs> um, all right, I already talked about Spider-Man. Okay, so just to, to kind of wrap all this up, it's pretty emotional for me. I, I imagine it probably was for you too. But um, Anybody with a pulse. So the overall theme, and this is probably going to be a preaching to the choir, like super you know, Captain Obvious moment here, but here's what I think the overall theme was. You ready? We're done? Mm-hmm. Okay. Live your life as you are and not as you are supposed to. Everything will work out how it works out. You can tell I'm reading my notes. <laughs> this is me. This was, I was in a raw state. I sent you a note. I was like, damn it, everything ends. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you were pretty. I thought, did Steve forget to take his meds this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I said, everything will work out how it works out. You can't control the outcome. But you can control what you choose to do and how you choose to be. Unless you're Captain Marvel. Then, apparently, you can control the outcome, too. So, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like, she's like the God character. Like, the... the um, a lot of movies have it. You know, it's like, if the movie's not exactly going how you want it to go, if you're the writer and you're not exactly sure... Like, how are we going to get ourselves out of this mess? It's like, oh, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. right? It's the, what do they call that, the deus ex machina? The god machine? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I got to see that movie, though. I thought about trying to find it, seeing if it was at a theater, instead of seeing Endgame, seeing that, but I didn't see it anywhere. It's It's very enjoyable. A lot of people didn't like certain aspects of it, but you can imagine... Uh, what that certain type of person was that didn't like that movie, um, but it's a it's a very it's it's a very good movie. It was a lot of fun and it was a it's a, a straightforward. I, there are parts of it I didn't care for, but overall, yeah, it's a good movie. But you were better off seeing Endgame. I did love the concept of them being like, "Why don't you stay here and help us?" And she's like, "There's like a thousand other worlds going through exactly what you're going through, right?" Now. Yes. They need my yep. help because they don't have you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One more. One more spoiler. Uh, Thanos coming back. I I think the way they did it was great. Um, it was interesting, and it, and it made mm-hmm. you think like about time, mm-hmm. time travel, and how how that works, and um, what sorts of things could go wrong. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're like a you have like this tele kinesis or telepath telepathic <laughs> sort of thing and your dad can see what you're thinking even if you're from the future um yeah and and like having 2014 thanos or 2018 i don't know which 2017 thanos come back i don't know which year yeah. thanos we were dealing with there but four years ago thanos comes back and after today's thanos has been killed and um i i thought that was 
interesting. Um, I was worried mm-hmm. about the whole time travel thing when, but so yeah. here's the key for all you little leaguers out there writing time travel into your, into your fiction. <laughs> a couple of things I've learned. Oh, um, One, but, don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't, because it takes an expert hand. <laughs> uh, and I've now seen two movies in relatively sh- a short time frame who, that have shown me it can be done well. Um, mm-hmm. Endgame's one of them. I was mm-hmm. worried about it because I thought, well, shit. It's like I've always said. If once something horrible happens, if you could just go, ah, well, there's time travel, so they'll fix it later. Yeah. Right? Then go back. Go back and kill baby Hitler. Well, then how can you ever enjoy anything? Because it's like, if you can, you know. um, Yeah. But the way they did it with Endgame and and the way they did it with Spider-Verse, which Spider-Verse didn't exactly time travel, but they, well, they, they did. But not to go back and fix stuff, but more like we have all these dimensions, right? And like Mm -hmm. these multi-dimensional things always confuse me and frustrate me. But they did it well, mm-hmm. too. And I think the two things, I think what you have to do, if you're going to do a multidimensional thing or you're going to do a time travel thing, you have mm-hmm. to you have to put boundaries and limits on it. It has to be yeah. extremely difficult, extremely risky. It has to be mm-hmm. high stakes. So, in other words, it can't just be, oh, well, we screwed that up. Let's go back in time and fix it, right? Right. It's got to be like, no, we got one shot at this. You know, we... We have one shot at this, and it's dangerous. And if we screw this up, you know, we'll make things even worse, right? Um, yeah. So that's that's what I'll say about that. So if you're gonna write time <laughs> travel in, make it difficult. Um, yeah. Make sure there are high stakes. All right, that's probably enough Endgame. I mean, that's two episodes on Endgame. One from your <laughs> perspective, one from my perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I like that you're having me read all these comics, though. Because it's, um, first of all, I'm enjoying them more than I did back, like back in the day, I know you tried to get me to read comics and I'd read them and I was like, I don't get it. And, but now Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I don't know if it's age or patience or wisdom, but I'm, uh, kind of, I'm enjoying them No, I'm just having you read really, really good Uh, ones. (laughs) Even though the art, and I, I, I told you this, the artwork is inferior to what I've seen you produce. You're being too kind. I don't know if it's, some of that stuff is. I know you were inspired by these guys, but I'm mm-hmm. looking at it. Maybe they were limited by the medium because you know they had to deal with like the limitation of the tools and the and the way that things were mass produced in their day. And it was their day job. It was their day job, and they had to turn out a lot of them, right? Yeah. But um, I'm enjoying them. Maybe we should talk about you know as I read through them. Maybe we should talk about them. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That's called foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Do you have anything else to say about movies or anything? No. I think I, this was, it was your turn today. For the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially Nick Fury and Iron Man. <laughs> and Captain America. And Captain America's wife. Mrs. America. Mrs. America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steve Benson. And most of what you just heard was untrue. That's what we keep inside.
mouse. You think you know people, and then you don't. Then you wonder, have I met them before? But it doesn't matter. You're just information. That's what we keep inside our heads.